We tell stories that from the outside could look like sad stories. But when you learn about the families, when you hear the story, when you hear the purpose and the joy, you realize they are not sad stories at all. They are happy stories. The majority of our guests have been through something tough and have made it to the other side and are telling us why that tough time was totally worth it. If we can learn what everybody deep down really needs, maybe we can learn to serve and love on each other better. The majority of our guests will be special needs related, definitely not all special needs related. They will be part of what we call the village. It'll be special needs parents, siblings, aunts, uncles, best friends, but that's not all of our guests. We are gonna have some guests that really don't have any special needs, but have been through something tough. We're hoping that this podcast can bring hope and joy and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. And even though it's not always easy, it's totally worth it. Thank you for joining us for the Totally Worth It podcast. This is episode number one. Whoop, whoop. I can't believe we're here. I'm John Gayhart, and I'm sitting here across from my ace, Ooh. Amy G. Ace, that sounds good. Ace Gayhart. Maybe that's my new nickname. Speaking of nicknames, I have a question. Oh boy. This is an important question. Uh-huh. Never asked you this before. <sighs> okay. All right. So for five years, maybe 10 years, mm-hmm. the nickname, this is a serious question. The nickname that I have called you is Amy G. Mm-hmm. My friends know you as Amy G. Mm-hmm. My colleagues know you as Amy G. That's what you go by in my world. Yeah. My question is, do you like that? No. I didn't think so. No. I got that sense. I don't, I mean, let's, there could be worse. So here's the thing. This <laughs> there is, could be worse nicknames. This is why I decided to ask you this here and now is because we're starting this podcast. Mm-hmm. I call you that all the time. And if I continue to call you that, any of our listeners, the podcast world might also call you that. And I want to make sure you like it. And if you don't, and it sounds like you don't, I need I to I am not. okay with it. I mean, I don't, I don't want podcast listeners calling me darling. Or... Is that what you want me to call you, darling? <laughs> Sugar baby. Hot cakes. <laughs> snack cakes. Call me snack cakes. <laughs> snack cakes. Gay <laughs> So, so let's stick with Amy G. Okay, because this is the deciding moment. If it, I was thinking Honey Bunny. You were not thinking Honey Bunny. You weren't. Hmm. Mama? <laughs> that, no. Amy G? Yeah, look, out of those three options, yes. I'll take Amy G. <laughs> Amy G it is. You hear that, listeners. You can officially call her Amy G. But you can't call me Mama. <laughs> Oh, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, girl. You can call me snack cakes, though. (laughs) Oh, okay. Let's focus. Good gosh almighty. We're already, we already are off rails. Episode number one. This has been a long time coming. Yeah. A lot of work. Yeah. uh, Not really on my part. (laughs) (laughs) Not for you. You just show up and sit and talk. I really haven't done much. <laughs> I'm okay with that. That's not true. That's not true. It's hard to be a creative sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So 
let's we want to first give a story of this podcast and why it exists and where it came from and what got us to right here. Amy G, why don't you start? And oh my gosh, how long did it take us to come up with a name? That was hard. That was hard. A lot of good names are taken. Yeah. So John came with me, came to me, gosh, about a year ago. And he was like, I think I need to do a, a podcast. And if you know our lives, we run in different directions just because three kids, which we'll get into later. Um, John travels, which we'll get into later. We both run organizations. And so um, there's not a lot of downtime for the gay hearts, um, much less quality husband and wife time. And so I was basically like, hey, if you're doing this, like, let's do it together. Yeah. And at first I thought that's a good idea, but I'm not sure because maybe I'm just supposed to talk to dads of special needs. Maybe, I was thinking that maybe that's where I was supposed to have some sort of calling or ministry. I wasn't sure. And then I'll tell you that and I was wide open to it. I was really trying to figure out if I was supposed to do it, if we were supposed to do it, where the calling was going. And then the episode of Speak Life with Taylor Nichols came. How you doing, Taylor Nichols? <laughs> and that day, that episode, like that was life changing for me. Oh. I mean, I knew the story, of course. I was there. <laughs> well, I hope so. But to hear you tell it. And Taylor did such an amazing job of bringing out the story in you and, and you guys together just made it such, I mean, I was, I was in a hotel, of course, bawling. <laughs> and that moment I'm like, yes, we are supposed to do a podcast, not me and not maybe, but yes, we, because yeah. it was life-changing. Well, and it got such a good response from everybody. Yeah, it wasn't it was just good. me. Yeah, it was really good. It wasn't just me. Um, yeah. So another part of that is that, yes, we are special needs parents. Our daughter, Mabry, 17, um, has special needs. And so we've always felt like we've been called to kind of minister to other families. Do you agree? Not always. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Not, not the first always. Few years. Here recently, let's say that the last. I mean, not the first few years of her diagnosis, but no. probably the last ten years. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah, I'd and, say so. Maybe more like maybe you ten years, me maybe seven ish. Yeah, maybe. So, anyways, we like to tell everything about our life with Mabry. We call it the good, the bad, the ugly. And we try to be um, really real and honest and um, in hopes that it encourages some families, that it gives hope to some families, that it makes people laugh, and that it might raise awareness for what it is that special needs families go through on a day-to-day -day basis. Absolutely. And the name, the Totally Worth It podcast, even though it was, it took forever to come up with that, when we hit it. We nailed it. And really the essence of this podcast, and you'll hear us say this over and over and over because it's a theme and we don't want it to be lost, is we tell stories that from the outside could look like sad stories. But when you learn about the families, when you hear the story, when you hear the purpose and the joy, you realize they are not sad stories at all. They are happy stories. And even though it's not always easy, 
it's totally worth it. It's really not always easy. <laughs> it's really not easy. No. Very often. So I think too, and then like a couple months ago, I started doing a little Instagram thing, mornings with Mabry, because she gets up at the crack of, no, excuse me, before the crack of dawn. Um, and it just got a good feedback as far as, you know, other families not feeling alone, that maybe there was other moms driving their kiddos around at the same time. So, you know, yes, there's a lot of educational podcasts that can throw a ton of information at you. Um, we hope this one does that, but that it also makes you laugh, maybe makes you smile a little bit. And let's be clear, let, let's be honest. It's not just for special needs families. It is, I hope that it may teach typical families how to love on special needs families and, um, maybe, draw out some of the stereotypes, maybe teach people, you know, exactly what do we need? You know, do we need a break sometimes? Do we need you to come over and just sit with us while we're dealing with it? Yeah, sometimes. Um, pray for us all the time, but there's different needs. And if we can learn what everybody deep down really needs, maybe we can learn to serve and love on each other better. Yeah, and the, the majority of our guests will be special needs related. They will be part of what we call the village. Yes. It'll be special needs parents, siblings, aunts, uncles, best friends. That's the village. But that's not all of our guests. We are going to have some guests that really don't have any special needs um, relations to speak of, but have been through something tough and have made it to the other side and are telling us why that tough time was totally worth it. So yes, there is a focus on special needs, definitely not all special needs related. And for a listener, anybody is going to be able to hopefully benefit and find encouragement in this podcast, because even if you have no relational ties to special needs, I promise you, you know, a family who does. Yeah. And you know, we say special needs because that's the life we're living. But what if you just um, parented kids from hard places or, you know, you're parenting kids through a divorce or you've been through a divorce or, you know, maybe, um, one of the parents has passed away. Um, that takes, that takes a village too, to get through those rough times. So we're hoping that this, um, podcast can bring hope and joy and hopefully make you laugh a little bit. Now we want to share with you the story of the gay hearts. Who are we? What do John and Amy do? And Mabry's story as well. But before we do that, we're going to give a shout out to one of our podcast partners. So during the creation of this podcast, there's a lot of people that we had to lean on and outsource in order to do it. And we had some amazing guidance, some amazing, amazing counselors who already yeah. knew and could give us advice. So Amy, why don't you name a couple? Yeah. So my best friend on the planet. Yeah. I'm dropping names right now. That's what I'm doing. No, Jamie Ivy. Um, the happy hour with Jamie Ivy. She's run a super successful, um, podcast for years and what a resource she's been for us through all of this. And then you mentioned Taylor earlier, 
Taylor's been Taylor Nichols. Speak life with Taylor Nichols. Sorry, I forget to put the whole name in there. But um, she has been wonderful too, just encouraging and motivating and um, tips and tricks and, you know, just encouragement of go get them. And we have an editor named Gina, and this girl has been a godsend for us because I know nothing about microphones or mixers or any of the stuff that I'm got sitting in front of me right now. <laughs> and not only is she editing our podcast, but she really helped me get all set up with the gear, coached me through it, podcast for dummies. So she's been awesome. We had an amazing photographer, Cassie Lee. Hey, Cassie Lee. Who, Did y'all see our fun... Um, State fair photos. And that Ferris wheel was high. We went on the Ferris wheel for I the photos. I did not like that. Mm-hmm, that wasn't cool. But the pictures were amazing. And our designer, Kim Ellis. Kim done amazing with our logo and some different graphics. So great, so great. Just it all just came together. And I just sat back and said, I like it or I don't like it. Isn't that great? Yep. So isn't thank that, you. For- isn't that a good partner to have? <laughs> Um, so anyways, weekly, so these will release weekly, um, on Wednesdays and the first part of each episode will just be John and I kind of talking about our week, what kind of week we've had, um, maybe stuff that's going on in the world, maybe things that have been on the news and maybe something a little funny that's happened at our house this week, um, Maybe something similar to like mornings with Mabry, if any of y'all have been following me on Instagram. And so that's what it's going to look like each week. We will have a guest. Sometimes it may just be John and I, but don't not tune in because there's not a guest. That just is equally fun. So in episode number one, we're going to do things a little bit differently. We don't have a guest, but we are going to spend a little bit of time introducing the Gay Heart family the dynamics of our family, what we do, what Amy and I do personally and professionally. And we're going to give you some of Mabry's story because we can't just assume that you all know Mabry, even though she does have a bit of a celebrity status. She's kind of famous. She's kind of famous. We're going to give you her story as well. Before we do that, we're going to give a shout out to one of our podcast partners. Dreamer Productions is an audio production company that produces and edits podcasts, but specializes in sonic branding. What that means is they create sounds that are unique and one of a kind to a brand, company, or event. Dreamer Productions helps brands explore the sounds that they are already making and strategizes on how to make those sounds more intentionally. When done right, this sonic identity carries over all outlets of the brand, just like a visual identity. It sounds like a lot, but with a sit down, you'd be surprised how easy and accessible it is to brands both big and small. We have a voice. Let's use it on purpose. You can find them at dreamerproductions.com. That's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com. Amy G. Yes. Hotcakes. Snack cakes. Snack cakes. <laughs> Hot cakes. That's a- that sounds like an episode of MASH. Hot lips. Hot, hot lips. Hulahan. Hotcakes. You get sausage with hotcakes. <laughs> You know, I don't like cased meat. <laughs> I don't like the sausage. <laughs> Big boy breakfast number one, hotcakes. I'll have the Rudy Tootie fresh and fruity. With the side of hotcakes. Okay, stop. Stop. <laughs> Give the listeners an idea of who the gay hearts are. Oh, gosh. Well, I grew up outside of Houston. John grew up 
just outside of Dallas, Richardson. Um, we met at Howard Payne University. Ah, sing them. Okay, that was good. That was good. You want to sing the alma mater? I don't know it. I know you didn't. I could sing it, all you fellow alums, but I won't. We met in college, like I said, dated, what, three years? Something like 12. that. Shut it. Anyways, we got married in 2000. Like I said earlier, we will be married 20 years this summer. Seems like... A day. A day. That's exactly what I was going to say. Still our honeymoon right now. We're on our honeymoon. <laughs> I wish. I'm teasing. No, so we got married young. I was 22. We were both. We're, we're the same age. I'm four months much wiser than you. Anyway, so we had, um, we have Mabry, who is 17. We have Jack, who is 14. And we have Slater, who is 10. And we both, we do, we, we're, we do marriage really, really well, but we are very independent and have our own things going. As yes. Amy said from the beginning, we both have jobs that keep that like super, super busy jobs. So Amy G, tell them about your job. Well, I have the honor of being the executive director of Blue Sky Therapeutic Writing and Respite. It is a therapeutic community that serves special needs children and adults. Um, we offer therapeutic horseback riding, and we offer our purpose program, which is kind of my baby, where um, we teach life skills, job skills, social skills to special needs adults. In the process, we create beautiful products, homemade products, um, and we also garden, so fresh produce that is grown by our special needs adults, um, and we turn around and sell it in our Purpose Mercantile. So that's my elevator speech. Let me tell you that from the husband of an executive director of a nonprofit, nonprofit work is hard and long and seems to me from this perspective that extremely fulfilling. Yes. But my gosh, you guys work a lot. We work a lot and it's very, I think it's probably a little more emotional. I'm much more emotionally invested than I think if I was working a corporate job. Maybe, I don't know. Yes, I have worked a corporate job, but... I don't know. It's just, it's, it's the relationships. You, these are my people. I want it to go well. We've put so much blood, sweat, and tears. And at the same time, John, let's be honest, like this is our plan for Mabry's adulthood. Mm -hmm. So I think that also has a lot to do with why so much work goes into it, you know? Yep. But so, I love it. I love it. So give the listeners I want a fun fact, mm. and this could be, tell them something that nobody would ever know from um, what you might do, that what's something that you do that is people are going to be amazed by that is either funny or crazy, or what's a fun fact about being an executive director of Blue Sky? Well, it's funny because I'll tell you this real quick. Um, I did a grant presentation last week, but before that, I had um, been working out in the garden with our clients 
and I realized I was running a little late, so I had to run in, change clothes real quick. I sprayed myself with um, some room deodorizer <laughs> that we sell. It's called Room Perfume. You can get yours, too, at Purpose Mercantile. Um, but, yeah, I sprayed myself with that, and I ran off to the grant presentation. So I can go from mucking stalls, which for you city folks, that means picking up horse poop. We're both city folks. We are both city folks. But I have come a long ways. I can hitch a trailer to my car and pull a horse trailer. I can back a horse trailer. That's pretty impressive. I don't do it well. It may take me a while, but I can do it. How'd the grant presentation go? Nailed it. It was good. It was did you great. find out yet? Did you get it? We did get it. Nice. Thank, thank you, Seed Project Foundation. Yes. Yes. So it, it was a great, it, it was really fun. It was a good, they're wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's just a little bit. I am, um, executive director sounds pretty prestigious, but I come home dirty <laughs> <laughs> every day. So we um, work in the dirt. We work in the barn. That's what we do. All right, and my profession is super exciting. Not really. <laughs> Ever since college, so in 2001, I've been in, this, in the wonderful industry of flooring, which I love, and specifically sports flooring. So all of those years, I've been in sports flooring, with the exception of there was about a five-year period where I, where I got out of sports flooring, and I got into something that was a little bit more interior design-oriented. But I'm back in sports flooring now and love it. So basically... I travel around and I work on a lot of school weight rooms, high schools, big colleges, YMCAs, church gymnasiums, elementary gyms. Sports flooring is my world and it doesn't sound exciting, but <laughs> but you're it's your niche because you get to work with coaches. You're very athletic. John played football all through junior high, high school, college. So this is good. You get to you stay in your element yeah. a little bit. So whenever you hear of John being out of town, that's where I am. I'm working on sports flooring. Yeah. Rubber sports flooring. If his phone rings late at night, I'm like, uh-oh, rubber emergency. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, and if y'all ever need to see the PowerPoint, the history of rubber, just let us know. It's we'll, a good one. Oh, we'll put a link in the show notes. Link in the show notes. You'll learn all about Christopher Columbus. <laughs> in the history of rubber? He discovered rubber. That's a, I'm going to have to give you the presentation. Okay, so also in addition to sports flooring... About three years ago, I founded a nonprofit called The Abled Movement, and it's not near a nonprofit like Blue Sky. We don't do a lot of work. It's, it, it doesn't take a lot, <laughs> but we design awareness t-shirts. They're super cute, so comfy. They're, they're adorable. They're awesome t-shirts, and the purpose of The Abled Movement really does two things. We bring awareness specifically for adults with special needs that there are not enough opportunities for those adults to live out their joy, their purpose, to have a job, opportunities to go live in community. There's not enough of those opportunities. And we sell these awareness t-shirts to bring obviously that awareness, but the money that we get from the t-shirts, we pour into organizations that offer these opportunities to help them develop more opportunities and offer more. And I was, I saw the other day, this is, this surprised me the other day. I haven't even told you. So October was three years. All we do is sell t-shirts. That's it. We've sold, I think it's getting close to $10,000 worth of t-shirts. Oh, look at that. Isn't that awesome? 
That's fantastic. Yeah. My cousin, Brandon Johnson, mm-hmm. who lives in San Diego, I forgot to tell you this too. He sent me a picture. So one of the cool things you did to start promoting these t-shirts was have people take pictures of themselves and kind of exotic, mm-hmm. not exotic, but different cool, places. unique places. Um, with their Able Movement t-shirts on. And he sent us a picture from Tory Pines. Um, uh, the, I think it's the Farmers. Golf tournament? PGA golf tournament. Nice. Is there right now. Yeah. Yeah. So the Able Movement. So, so I have, shout out Brandon Johnson. There How you, you doing? So we have, I have experience on, we, I had to set up that 501c3. I have a couple of other people on the board with me. They're awesome. Mr. David, Mr. Zach, you guys Help, help out a lot. And so... Please explain to the viewers that you do not call them Mr. David and Mr. Zach. I do Zach. call him Mr. David. You don't call him Mr. Zach. It's because Mabry calls them Mr. David and Mr. Zach. Yeah. Okay. So then I do too. Because that sounded really weird. <laughs> In our board meeting, I'm like, call to order, Mr. David. Mr. Here, <laughs> present. <laughs> okay. So here's my fun fact. Okay. Let's hear it. You hear that I travel a lot. And I have traveled a lot for a lot of years. Shocking information. I'm a Marriott guy. Yes. And so the majority of my trips, I stay in Marriott whenever I get a chance. Well, Marriott now has, not now, that Marriott has a great app. And it actually has a button on here that tells you your lifetime status. Oh, gosh. This, like how many? How many nights I've stayed in a Marriott. Oh, my word. You haven't even seen this number yet. No. So this says I've been a Marriott member for 13 years. Okay. Check out this number. Wow. What does that say? 777 nights in a hotel. That's over two years of my life. In a hotel, folks. What does that mean? Well, here's, here's, here's one thing that gets lost here. That's over two years of my life in a Marriott. Oh. I don't stay every trip in a Marriott. Right. So I'm guessing that on average, 10 nights a year, I probably stay somewhere that's not a Marriott. And so 13 years. Okay, you got another 160-something nights. That's close to three years. Yeah. That, so I've, we've, ra- that so, I've raised these kids by myself. Right. So we've actually, <laughs> we've really only been married 17 years. I'm. Do I still get to go on a vacation No, this 20 years. We have to wait till 20 years. But 20 years, <sighs> but the hotel years take away. Mm-mm. So we still got some time before our 20-year. That's a huge number. Almost three years of my life in a hotel bed. That's really depressing. I don't like that at all. Oh, it sounds really good to me. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like heaven. All right, so that's my fun fact. So business travelers, there's lots of fun, lots of perks. Not all it's cracked up to be. I'd rather have those three years in my own bed. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, Amy, can you start by, can you start telling the audience about Mabry's story? Yeah, and we'll do this fast because we could talk. I mean, my gosh, she's 17. We won't start on like day one. But Mabry was born in 2003 and pregnancy was completely normal. Everything was great. She was born on New Year's Day. Kind of picture perfect, wasn't it? Pretty picture perfect. I mean, it was early. It was unexpected. Yeah. Two and a half weeks. Nothing to write home about, you know. Um, But we thought we had a perfect perfectly healthy baby girl, which we did. She was healthy. The first year kind of went completely normal. Um, no huge red flags. Um, she hit all her milestones. 
she crawled, she walked. And it really, the only thing that started alerting us was when she didn't start using words. At that time, we called in a speech therapist um, just to kind of help give her a jump start. And at that time, they noticed, they were like, does she roll her eyes like this all the time? And I was like, well, yeah, when she's tired or if she's eating something, she's like, she's so dramatic. And she was like, yeah, I think, you know, I think you might want to get that looked at. And we're like, no, she's, you know, she's fine. It'll be fine. A couple months later, um, Jack was born. Is that right? Did I fast forward too fast? I think so. Our timing is off though. Yeah. So Jack is 26 months, no, 27 months younger than Mabry. So Mabry was about two. We took her to the neurologist and um, he was like, yeah, I think we need to do an EEG. The first EEG showed that she was having 30 seizures an hour. Now these are absent seizures, which means it was basically the eye rolling. That was about it. And the doctor described these seizures. I, I, I remember this because he used a football analogy, which I, I get. Ah. And he said, you know, if you are watching a football game and you see the quarterback get the ball and somebody stands in front of the TV. And then when they move, you see the running back now has the ball and he's five yards downfield and got tackled. You can, fit, you can assume in your head you know what happened, but you didn't actually see it happen. Well, that's what these seizures are causing for Mabry, but it's 30 times an hour. At that point, though, we had tons of hope because we're like, oh, well, now we know so she can catch up. You know, we're going to control these seizures with medication. Um, we're going to do lots of therapy and we'll be fine. Everything will be good. The doctor gave us every ounce of hope that she absolutely could grow out of the seizures um, and that she could catch up. So at that point, we just we didn't know much more than that. And I, I know now that that was God's provision for me. So, you know, fast forward a couple of years and she's just not talking, not sleeping well, um, very sensitive to sound and stuff. And so, I mean, we had to walk on eggshells in our house to not wake Mabry up. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, when we would travel, she would have to be like in a dark spot all by herself like there was no sleeping in the car or, you know, doing anything like that. And and then behavior set in. So, you know, the frustration through lack of communication. She's not potty training like she's supposed to. Just, we just started the world when we started the special needs life, but we still didn't know anything. We were so still so young and still so new. We didn't even know how to be married. You know, we didn't know there was not anything that trained us for this. And that's one of the things that parents with a new diagnosis struggle with is mm -hmm. you already aren't prepared to raise a kid. Right. There's no manual. There's no manual. And then you bring this in. And at that point, that's when, I mean, marriage is really a, a lot of them make a deciding you know, make a big decision right then on how they're going to do this together as a team. Right. And not only do you have to raise this child, but you have to grieve about it. Mm -hmm. And you have to grieve individually and you have to grieve together. Mm -hmm. And that creates conflict and yeah. it creates distance. And you hope that it creates some closeness. Yeah. But 
Um, it's hard. Yeah. It's, and I, I know one of my ways, and I, I say this every now and then, one of my ways back then, I look back and I have so like faint memories of even the things that you're talking about because one of my coping mechanisms was to travel. Mm-hmm. And yes, I've stayed over two years of my life in a hotel and most of them were because business required that I did. But I look back on it now and how many of those trips were really required and how many of those trips were in my mind required. Sure. And and that, that might have been how, I know that's how I dealt with some of that. And right. of course, that doesn't make things any better or any easier. Yeah. And, you know, when you, you mentioned grieving, John grieved a lot quicker than I did. And I think it was because I was doing the day-to-day work. Not that he wasn't when he was home, but even typical parents can relate to this, that, you know, I may have had poop thrown on me all day or been bit or had my hair pulled or something like that. And then John walks in and he hung the moon. Mabry is such a daddy's girl. Always has been, always will be. But, you know, so resentment can build there also because seriously you know um but also too like that's where that was my job I was a stay-at-home mom and to the resentment of you know that wasn't our plan for me to be a stay-at-home mom it really wasn't mm-hmm. and so you know going through some of those feelings of uh wait a minute I didn't choose this why am I the one staying home you know, I have a degree too. I could go do, you know, it was one of those things that, of course, I did it and I loved it, but it was hard. And so, yeah, there was some resentment that built up that John got to go to dinner and not wipe noses or sweep up crackers or do any of that kind of stuff. Or So, yeah, there was some of that that we had to work through too. And it, it was a long process for me of grieving because I think I held on to some of that resentment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward to a couple years ago, would you say? Yeah. At this point, John and I are kind of, um, this was probably a year ago, would you say? I don't know what you're talking about. Probably about a year ago, we were um, switching neurologists just because ours had retired Um, and so any of you guys know, like with a pre-existing condition, it's tough to get a new doctor, a new specialist. Like you, we had been 13 years with this guy. So we just stayed with the same one in the practice. Um, the new guy that was coming on and we're like, we'll give him a shot because two, and I will always say this, you go where the good nurses are. And we always had Donnie. And she always took care of us. And I did not want to start over with a new nurse. So we go. And at this point, John and I have quit looking for answers of what Mabry's diagnosis is. And and we kind of accepted our own answer. Not that we couldn't find something and not that a miracle doesn't exist and we didn't want a diagnosis or a name. But I would just tell people, Mabry is how she is because that's exactly how God created her. Right. For an exact purpose. Right. And now let's find how to make her shine. Right. How to help her live in her Yeah, joy. we wanted to help her, but we also needed to help ourselves because we were drowning. And when I say that, I mean Mabry's behaviors were controlling our lives. They were controlling our boys' lives. 
Um, we weren't sleeping. We, you know, were constantly fighting Mabry. Um, and so that's what we went to the neurologist to ask is help us. Like we've, something's got to give, we've got to have a different medication or something, you know, something's got to be off. And I'll tell you the biggest impact that that season had on me. And I told Amy this, I've told several people this is I used to have a, a I'm not proud to say this, but I used to judge families mm-hmm. for different things that they would do with their child with special needs, such as medication, mm-hmm. such as sending them off to a state school or group home or whatever, and such as divorce. Yeah. Like, and this is not, I, I wouldn't have admitted at the time, but once I got to this point, I realized, I didn't even know what was going on really. I, I realized what I was feeling was a little bit of a, man, you guys should fight for it, fight harder, or don't give them so much medication, or you can do something, there's better options. And I, it, I'm not proud to say that. And in fact, I'm a little bit uh, embarrassed to say that. But when I when we got to that season that mm. you're talking about with Mabry, I realized this is why I get it. I'm sorry for any judgments I ever held against because right now, I could send her to a school. Like I could get her out of this house. Yeah, I can't live like this. Or right now, a drugged up Mabry is going to be better than this because we have lives to live. And this is something real. And and I told Amy this at the time. There's nothing I want more than to be married to Amy. But what sounded really good to me at the mm-hmm. time was only having Mabry every other week. Mm-hmm. And if she could go live with Amy for a week and then come live with me for a week, like my life would have been so much happier in that moment. But I wanted to live with Amy full time. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm snack cakes. Because <laughs> you're hot cakes. Hot. And, and so I, that, was, that had a huge impact. So on me. we went to the neurologist looking for answers. In the form of medication. That's what we were thinking. Like something's got to give. Something's got to help. She's eating everything in the house. She, we can't control her. She's She's been stronger than me for a long time. But even it got to the point to where if she hit the ground, John couldn't pick her up. Because she is ridiculously strong. She's ridiculously stubborn. <laughs> and if she doesn't want to move, she's not going to move. Um, so that really began our isolation period of we weren't being able, we weren't able to go to church. We weren't a- able to go out to eat with, as a family, um, vacations we couldn't do anymore. Um, so it was really, when we say it was hindering our lives, it was truly hindering our lives and keeping us from being able to enjoy anything. Mm-hmm. We couldn't go to a football game. We couldn't go to a friend's birthday party. We just couldn't do those things. And and we're still kind of in that spot. Yes. Yeah. This yeah. is this is very recent. And but we're not in a bad spot with it emotionally right now. We're right. we're in a good spot emotionally with it and we're in a much better spot with her behavior. And it all leads us to what we believe we are called to do, which first is to help Mabry live out her joy and purpose and be the light to people that she's supposed to be because she can't do it by herself and without us, she's not going to do it. And in addition to that, speak encouragement into families who are going through these same challenges to let you guys know 
that you're not alone. Yeah. And sure. that's where we are today. And that's what brings us to this podcast as one of those things that we want to do to speak the life and encouragement. Yeah. So you will hear a lot more about Mabry as this podcast goes. And we will talk too more about her diagnosis, more about autism, more about Syngap 1. And that's just a really cool story too about how we came about that and um, the cool kind of support group we have found along the way with that. But this is not the Mabry podcast. Nope. And it's not the John and Amy podcast. We're only the hosts. So you'll hear... All you ever want to hear about Mabry, and you will know if you just if you follow Amy or I on Instagram, you will see anything you would ever want to see about Mabry. And so we are going to uh, go into the next segment of the podcast where we're going to have a little bit of fun. But before that, we're going to give a shout out to one of our podcast partners. Lifelong Insurance is a full service independent agency with access to several insurance carriers. This allows lifelong agents to provide you with not just one quote, but multiple quotes. They are specially trained to then help you compare the differences between the quotes, ensuring that you get the best policy for the lowest rate possible. Call a lifelong agent today to experience the most professional and highly educated service for your next insurance policy. Unbiased opinions, better coverage, better pricing from a team that is looking to form a lasting relationship with you. Visit them at lifelonginsuranceagency.com or call 469-606-4590. So each week, we're going to do a segment of the podcast where it's just Amy and I, and we're going to go through some fun things. And one of the things we're going to talk about is some current events, some stories going on in the world. A little little hot topics. Some things that are uh, irrelevant, and I'm irrelevant. Some things that are are relevant, maybe, maybe (laughs) irrelevant to some. I'm looking forward to this segment each week because I don't know a lot of current events. This might be John's news source for the week. So I'm going to be relying on you to Mm. teach me what's going on because it's normally you and Slater anyway. It's true. This segment is called... So what had happened was... That's the name of this... That's the name. So, John, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. But there is a new virus going around called coronavirus. I heard. Slater's all prepared for it. Yeah. So so just a little backstory. We watch the news. John's already gone by the time the kids get up to get ready for school. But while they're all getting ready for school, we have the news on. So Slater, our youngest, he's 10. He watches the news with us every morning. And he's very informed. He's very concerned about what's going on in the world. He's very educated for a 10-year-old. He knows a lot. Um, But he has really been worried about this coronavirus, John. But didn't I hear that it's to the U.S. now? There's a couple? There is one confirmed state, one confirmed case in Washington state. He he was concerned before there was ever a, a case here. Yeah. He told me about it like... A few days ago, and there, there oh, wasn't yeah. a case here. He's got a he's got a survivor kit packed. Uh, y'all, he has a six day stash <laughs> packed up and waiting um, in case we have to go into quarantine. Is that the thing? We might go into quarantine and we, we don't have anything to eat. No. What he, is it? He has researched this and has come up with his own plan. So what he has is like end of times stuff. Yes. He's but, a he's a doomsday prepper. But that but that's where you like go down into a 
not a cave, a tornado shelter. Yeah, but we don't have one of those. We don't have one of those, but what is the tornado? So if that's what happens if there's a corona outbreak, is if is we go in a tornado shelter? Yeah, have you seen that he's taped up his doors and outlets <laughs> in his room? He's built his own bunker. Why does he keep coming downstairs? Right, just to tell us. He just wants to brag that he's prepared and we're not. He came down earlier and he said, if you think that you're going to have some of my beans and, <laughs> and, and, and something else, you are mistaken. That's it. He says it's enough for six days for one person. Yeah. Like all those beans you're going to eat in six days, I think they'll last you longer than that. Uh, fun fact, he doesn't eat beans. <laughs> he doesn't eat beans when there's not a pandemic going on. And I told him, I said, Slater, you won't even eat beans. He said, tough times call for tough measures. He said... Everybody eats beans if there's a pandemic going on. I was like, oh, well, good I've to know. never heard that word pandemic until this morning. Oh, my word. I thought it was epidemic. That's different. Was it? Different? Epidemic. I don't know. Ask what, later. What does pandemic mean then? I don't know, John. I don't know. It's something about a virus spreading. But really, the only risk you have is if you have traveled to Wuhan, China. Or there's a couple of people in the U.S. now. So what if you traveled to see them? Has he? <laughs> he hasn't gotten out of his pajamas in two days. I don't think he's traveled anywhere to go see anybody. Oh, my gosh. That kid. Okay, so Hold stay on. tuned to see Slater and the pandemic. What happens over the next couple weeks? Yeah, we'll let you know if he starts getting a cough or a high fever. Mm-hmm. He had a can opener in that. Yeah, that's paper. the reason I found the whole stash in the first place. <laughs> Looking for the can opener. I couldn't find my can opener. So this year has me a little stressed out. Why? And I don't stress out, especially not about current events, but it's, do, is this an election year? <laughs> yes, this is an election This year. stresses me out a little bit. So, But for any, completely different reasons than what you would think. So we will not talk politics on this show. No. And the number one reason is, is because I'm the least political person that you know. I promise. I, the... It was just a couple weeks ago. I racked my brain for two weeks on who our vice president was. John Gayhart. And then I was, and then I was like, "Oh yes, I've got it." Oh my gosh, I was an idiot. It's Joe Biden. <laughs> and then in another conversation a week later, I realized it wasn't Joe Biden, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm an idiot." And so I don't. We don't talk politics because I'd say something that doesn't make any sense anyway, and I don't understand what anybody. But tell them why you wouldn't Google to find out what who our vice president is. Because what that's like, I would get put on some red alert list. I'd be on a no fly list because just googling who is our vice president, and they're gonna they know that I'm a 41 year old white guy. White guy. I should know who our vice president is. If I type that in, it's gonna raise all sorts of red flags. As why does this. Guy not know who our, what's he planning? John, what kind of, what does he have? Up John, this is America. You are allowed to research. Right. So anyway, we're not going to talk politics because I don't know anything, but it stresses me out a little bit because I understand that it's our privilege and our duty to vote. And I feel a responsibility for that. However, I feel extremely unqualified. Because I don't know anything about the candidates. I see them on the commercials. Anything I see, anything I hear is slanted. I don't know. I've told Amy before, and this isn't going to be a popular thing, but like I lean to the person who like, I think that maybe I want to sit down and have a cup of coffee with. I don't know anything <laughs> that they stand by. If I ever hear that somebody is for you know, more benefits for special needs, then of course I'm going to lean towards them. But I don't know anything, and I feel like here, here's... Here's where I get stuck. 
This is where I get stuck. Mm-hmm. Because to vote, yes. to qualify to vote, you have to have you have to be 18 years. Yes. 21, 18. 18. You have to be 18 years old. And you have to be either American or legal or whatever, whatever you have to be. Okay. Mm-hmm. An 18 year old. You can't drink, but you can vote for the president. And the president is like it's the most important job. In the world. In the world. Definitely our country, probably in the world. Okay. So here's the issue. I don't know anything about these candidates. Zero. I know as much as anybody would ever want to know about professional football. Yeah. I keep up with all stat. Like I know NFL football re- too well. I, I, I like it probably too much. If I call the NFL and I say, hey, I want to give a vote for who this year's MVP should be. They're going to say, you're not qualified. Mm-hmm. You don't have enough knowledge about it. You're, you, don't, you don't have a vote. You don't get to know. But yet, I have almost an obligation to go vote for the president. And I'm, like, I might as well have a blindfold on <laughs> when I vote. I don't feel like I'm qualified for that. And so I struggle. Yeah. Well, and it's hard. Well, it's hard these days because you can't find an unbiased news outlet or a network. It's ridiculous. And please do not forward me anything on Facebook about who we should vote for. That drives me insane. You know what else I don't get is if I ever ask, like sometimes I'll ask somebody who they vote for and they get offended. They're like, it's none of your business. Why? I don't get it. Well, some people are just silly like that. Hmm. Anyway. Well, because people are so stinking passionate about it. I don't really ask anybody anymore. Well, it's probably a good point. Not a good idea. Yeah. So anyway, we won't talk politics on this no. show. That will not be part of our So What Happened Was no. segment. And that's why. Yeah. But it does create a little anxiety for me. <laughs> okay, so the next, uh, the next segment that we're going to have each week we're going to talk about something very special needs that happened in our life that week. And that segment is called... Well, isn't that special? <laughs> All right, so I'll go first. Okay, hit it. So I'm often in either a room or a setting or a lunch or a dinner or something where I'm with other professionals. And a lot of these people I know and I respect and they're good people. What's crazy is, I wouldn't say that it happens often, but I would say that it happens once every, let's say, four to six months it happens. Two to three times a year. This, is ha- this has happened to me two or three times in the past year. One of these times was last night, hmm. and the time before that was only two months ago, because I remember. Hmm. So these people that I'm with, they and here's the thing, they know our story. They yeah. know Mabry. They know Mabry's story. Yeah. And in casual conversation, they will use the R word. Oh. It always catches me off guard. And it always puts a lump in my throat. And it always makes me a little sick. But I don't hold it against these people. I really don't. Because they're, like, I know these people happen to care about Mabry. And that word is not offensive to everybody. And it's, they're not ingrained in it like we are. Mm -hmm. And it hasn't, that word hasn't always been taboo. Right. I remember, I mean, even when I was in high school, that word was not taboo. And it's just now kind of not good and kind of being widely recognized as you don't say it. Well, and you and I kind of take a different stance than a lot of special needs families. Like 
we kind of choose to not be offended Mm -hmm. by a lot of stuff. Um, You know, but for some reason, that word word. just crawls all over me. And I think it's just because it's, you know, we don't care if you say handicapped or special needs or disabled or like those words don't bother us. Mm -hmm. Um, But that word just has such a stigma. And it's because it's it's actually used in context. Like when people use that word as described, they they use that word describing something that's off. Mm-hmm. or that's not right, or that has a screw loose. You know, they, they say, like, that word is used as yeah. not good. Yeah. And so it's actually, even though it's not in context as talking about somebody, it is in context of the descriptor that they're using it for. It's probably more in context. They're using it in context better than someone who was trying to use it derogatory. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, you and I experienced it a couple months ago, mm-hmm. um, in a meeting with a really good friend of ours mm-hmm. and it was just like, uh, it's, oh and I always wonder, my gosh, what did my face look like? <laughs> you know, was I just like, uh, uh, excuse me. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. It's just with something with that biggest stigma, like let's just find a different word. And, and when people use the word handicap or disabled, it's be, they're actually trying to say the right word and yeah. they're. They don't know what is okay and what's not. Right. When somebody uses that word, they're not trying to be nice. They're, no. they're using it as what no. it is. Okay. So we know, and, but we also know too, there are a lot of people who will get highly offended by, um, you know, just saying different words. You know, us, for example, we just got um, a sign put on our the, um, the city of Prosper where we live. All I did was email the town. Um, just because I'm concerned because people speed along the street behind our house. And, um, Mabry's loose. Mabry is, the juice is loose. <laughs> the juice is loose. I mean, she's a runner for sure. She's going to get out. She's a flight risk. She, she's not a flight risk. She's a flight for sure. There's not, there's no risk to it. Anyway, so that just always has just like scared me because, yeah, I can catch her, but she's kind of faster than I am these days. So I emailed them and asked if we could put like a slow, you know, and they said, they were like, yeah, we have signs that say slow autistic child. And I'm like, well, she's not a child. You know, she's 17. She's almost 18. Well, not almost 18, but you're an adult when you're 18. And so they're like, no problem. We'll change the sign. And so it says slow autistic adult. And the word slow is the same size as the word autistic adult. Yeah. It doesn't say so, slow bigger. So it almost looks like you're saying, like if you read it a different way, it looks like like slow mentally yeah. or like not fast. You, know? you could read it as caution. There's a slow autistic adult. Yes. Right. Or, or a comment someone made, I wish it would have said slow adult with autism. Right. Versus autistic adult. Here's the thing. I get it. Like, I totally get it. Autistic doesn't define Mabry. She is an adult with autism. Okay? Yes, that is the politically correct way to say it. We're just not going to get offended. I'm just happy to have a sign. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is that is the road that she sprints down, and she is not, so I can't even catch her. No. So it's, 
you know, the caption is really, she's anything but slow. It's true. So here's one of those things is that there's a lot of people who can get hung up in the uh, phrasing and the titles and all of that. We're not those people. Um, we're just really happy to have a sign and hopefully I can stop yelling at people to slow down. All right, Amy. So what is your, isn't that special this recently? Yeah. So here's something. And I, you know, this segment is kind of like just maybe something that typical families aren't thinking about. So Jack has a lot of friends spend the night. And sometimes that's really good. And sometimes it's not so great. You know, um, he went a long spell without having people spend the night. And I think now it was kind of because Mabry was in such a funk, I guess you can say. Um but I, you know, I always wonder if those kids go home and they're like, oh my gosh, like we have to be quiet if Mabry's laying down or, you know, she's been known to come out of a bathroom naked. It's happened. Or, you know, if they, if she's always asking them to play ball and do stuff like this. I just wonder what those kids go home and tell their parents. Yeah. And the the most common kids we know their families yeah. so well and so it's it's really easy yes. these kids have a couple of these kids have been at our house for years and years and years but now they're in high school and there's kids that are new yeah and and a cool thing that i like is jack just brings them yes it, he he used to have to kind of warm them up to it and now he just brings them and and he doesn't make a big deal of it we don't make a big deal of it but you wonder about these kids and we can watch a lot of times and when we see a new kid who hadn't been here before and that's the one, of course, maybe he's going to go up and get right in his face and she's, sit in his lap. You know, she smells blood. <laughs> she's like a shark. And then you just watch that kid and you can tell so much, not only just with kids, but with adults. Yeah. Anybody that she's going to come up right in your personal space and you can tell so much. So yeah. that's that's been cool to see as they get in high school and we've got new kids coming over. Now she goes to their same high school. So, yeah. may, I mean, for all we know, they, know they may mm-hmm. sit with her at lunch. I mean, I don't think so, but we don't know. We just know that they haven't been here before. Right, right. And I think it, it's changed here recently. Um, and I don't think Jack was embarrassed mm-hmm. before. I think we just never knew what was going to happen. So it was kind of the fear of the unknown of if Mabry was going to have a meltdown, if she was going to have an accident or, you know, mm-hmm. who knew? If mm-hmm. she was going to pull someone's hair, you know, a friend's hair or something like that. So just something that, you know, typical families don't really have to deal with a lot. Yep. And each week, Amy's going to share something that she's loving at the time. So Amy, what are you loving? Yeah. So I was watching Ellen the other day because, you know, I don't have a job and that's what I was doing. I'm just kidding. Um, But Robert Downey Jr. was hosting for Ellen because I guess Ellen was on vacation or something like that. I'm not sure. But they had um, a 10-year-old on there who had autism and he wanted to meet Robert Downey Jr., because this kid was nonverbal until the age of six. Okay. How old is he now? He's 10. On his sixth birthday, he got an Iron Man mask. When he got this Iron Man mask, he started talking. Come on. I'm not kidding. I went back, I watched the video, I watched the YouTube video, all of this, and he said it made him be able to feel comfortable. Um, and secure and kind of like he was able to hide. So he felt like 
he could get the words out. Wow. Yeah. So that video is on YouTube. So we got to put it in the show notes. Yes. And oh so it's really in the, the dad said within 24 hours of wearing the mask, their son was a different child. Mm. The mask grounded him and allowed him to feel confident. And that's what they were saying. And then Vincent is the little boy. Did he have his iron mask? On no, when but they Iron had Iron Man mask on when he was talking to him. No, but they had tons of pictures. Um, so now he talks without. Yes, the mask. yeah, he doesn't need the mask. Okay, so he needed the mask at first, right? But now he doesn't. Right, but he said that he said before the mask, Vincent said it was painful not being able to express himself. I got an Iron Man helmet and it helped me talk and play. He said, and then, and then it said, the mask helped me talk and it helped me hide my identity from the world. Oh my God. Yeah. So Robert Downey Jr. was just a hot mess. I was going to say, how did he respond? What was that like? Yeah. So it was just, he was floored. He said, meeting kids who related so well to Iron Man, you know, that that was like the joy of being able to play that role for him. You know, but just that. a cool story. And you hear things about that all the time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, really and truly before Mabry got as many words as she has now, when she was up on a horse, she talked more than she did yep. when she was off of the horse yep. because she wanted it to go and trot, trot and whoa. And so she was saying all those. So there are always, there's always something that could, you know, pull that communication out of them. That story is awesome. You yeah. It'll be, it'll be on the show notes. On the show notes. professional? Okay, so we're going to wrap up, but I want to ask you one more question. Okay. And this is actually because you brought up Ellen and Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. So something that I've learned, so we've, this is the first episode that you're hearing right now. It's going to air first, but we've actually done some interviews that are going to be future episodes. And something I knew Amy was going to be amazing at podcasting because I've heard her and I've watched her, but what has shocked me is how good of an interviewer you are. You're Aww. really, really good well, thank at interviewing. You, John, snacks, <laughs> snack cakes. What? Oh, I'm snack cakes now? Uh, I'm going to come up with something. <laughs> okay. Sugar lips. Sugar. No, that's uh, Hulk Hogan. Sugar lips. Thunder, Thunder lips. lips. Thunder, Thunder lips. Sorry. Lips. Okay. Okay. So, but my, here's my question. Okay. Sorry. Who's your interviewer inspiration? Who do you want to interview like? Who's your favorite interviewer? Oh, well, gosh. I think I would say Ellen. Ellen? I love Ellen. I thought you were going to say, what's her face? Wendy Williams? <laughs> How you doing, Wendy Williams? I do love Wendy Williams. I thought you were going to say That's that. like my, um, what do you call it? My guilty pleasure. <laughs> Wendy Williams? Guilty? It's not, oh, okay. I don't know well, anything about her. But she's kind of gone off the deep end here yeah. recently, so I haven't been watching. Well, and I have a job. Yeah, you do have a job, and it's so, busy. I can so, watch Wendy all the time. I've loved watching you be an interviewer. That You're is so good. So nice. You're so good. Okay, I have a question for you. Okay. If there could be one job that, as an adult, you could see Mabry doing, what would it be? Ooh, I would have her drive the train at the mall. Oh yes. <laughs> She would be plowing over people. She would be running over people and she would be ringing the bell. And she would be cackling the whole time. It'd be on the news. The Ladybug Express. Got off the deep end. Goes rogue. (laughs) That would be the perfect job. She better stop eating snack cakes or else she's not going to fit in the Ladybug Express. She's the ultimate snack cakes. Mm -mm. 
All right. Thank you to everybody for joining us for episode number one of the Totally Worth It podcast. Hey, and stay with us, guys, because we're going to get better. We will get better. Promise. Me and old Honey Smack. (laughs) Thanks for joining. We'll see you next week. Bye.